0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6:40 Pacific Time, 7:40 Mountain Time, 8:40 Central Time, and 940 Eastern Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to the call. These calls happen Monday through Friday. And if you ever miss them, you can pick them up on a sound, uh app called SoundCloud by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and either Tier 90 or Frank Lomas and Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging, and they will pop up. they now archived back more than 11 years. If you're listening to this a podcast and you wish to catch us live, If you dial in to 712-775-8972 and when it prompts for the code, put in 910022, we would be thrilled to have you along with us. With that being said, that TR90 program when you're first starting out is a clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. Taking your supplement 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum, but if you're not able to take it 15 to 20 minutes before your meal, do take it with your meal, it'll still work. It's just not quite as effective as it would have been if you have been able to take it 15 to 20 minutes beforehand. Drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water or fluid for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 ounces of water daily. And if you're in a humid area or you're exercising heavily, you'll need to increase that to offset what you're losing in body moisture. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day, that will give you macronutrients, micronutrients, and fiber. Fiber is really important for your digestive health, but it's also, if you're looking to tone up and lose weight um, and get out of metabolic syndrome, it's one of those key things for that. And guys need about 45 grams of fiber daily. Ladies, we need about 32 grams of fiber daily. So do keep that in mind. And the closer you can get your fruits and vegetables to their sources, the more fiber you get. Because... Processing takes a lot of the fiber out. Seven to nine hours of good quality rest a night. Um, that actually helps you with um, clearing a lot of toxins and out of your system, your body does a, a series of system resets while you're sleeping. <coughs> <Excuse> me. <coughs> Stores memories, m- both muscle memories and brain memories. So all those things are important. And you should be also getting about 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week. can be whatever exercise you love to do, because if you love it, you're, it's not going to be a chore, and um, find something you really enjoy. And it could be as simple as something as like taking a walk or going out and dancing. So what, whatever um, works for you. Also switch it up periodically because that will keep your body guessing, keep your muscles more active and that is something that is really important. So today I'm sharing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity and Disease. And um, we're actually jumping into micronutrients Home run or hyperbole? Well, we will find that out. And the, the little starting scenario is that Julio is a 15-year-old Latino male from West Texas who weighs 400 pounds. He is med to San Francisco for an emergency liver transplant because his pathology so, shows severe fatty liver and scarring, known as non-alcoholic. stata stata Hepatitis, or N-A-S-H, with cirrhosis, a condition associated with severe alcohol abuse. Although he has never consumed alcohol, he has imbibed at least half a gallon of Coca-Cola every single day since he was old enough to open the refrigerator. Julio's transplant is successful, and he is discharged two weeks later. After being told to lose weight, stop drinking soda, and improve his diet. One year later, he is seen back at UCSF for a checkup. His diet hasn't changed, the soft drinks continue, his weight has not declined, and an ultrasound shows fatty deposits in his new liver. So, no doubt Julio's new liver will suffer the same fate, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, or MAFLD is now the most common disease in America, affecting 45% of all Latinos, 33% of all Caucasians, and 24% of all African Americans. Fat and thin. Considering this disease was not even described until 1980, the increase in prevalence to encompass one-third of the entire adult population is astounding. Most of the people with NAFLD have no symptoms and don't even know they have it. The majority of them will suffer no ill effects, but 5% of them will go on to develop NASH with an inflammation of scarring of the liver. And of those, 25% will develop cirrhosis, which will lead either to death or to a liver transplant. Just as it, with Julio, when you do the math, that's one million people dying from a nutritional disease. Never mind all those who die from the other complications of metabolic syndrome. Considering that this disease is completely preventable, this is a travesty. But is this an overnutrition disease or an undernutrition disease? both, as it turns out, while there are certain genetic predispositions accounting for the higher prevalence in Latinos, you still need the excess energy coursing through the liver to develop the disease. Cue the sugar glut. We aren't certain why the disease affects some severely while while remaining benign in others. There are several theories. Remember our biological enemies? The reactive oxygen species, or the ROS, those whose livers can't quench or detoxify their ROS will progress to NASH. And that NASH is the non, um, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis. Uh, step, so the ROS damage lipids and proteins within the cells which can then cause cell structural damage or cell death. Removal of the ROS before they can do damage is the job of the subcellular structure called the peroxium sum, which is where the ROS go to die. The chemicals that do the dirty work of knocking them off are known as antioxidants. Ah, antioxidants. Wonderful things, those things. It has been over 100 years since we discovered the link between vitamin B and beriberi, a disease of cardiac and neurological degeneration. William Fletcher discovered that eating polished rice stripped of its fiber caused the disease, while eating unpolished rice prevented it. Since then, we've learned of many vitamin or mineral deficiencies that led to specific individual diseases with funny names, scurvy, plagia. Fortunately, and virtually all of these micronutrient deficiency diseases have been essentially wiped out in America, either through the abundance of micronutrients in our diet or through specific supplementation in foods, such as giving folic acid to pregnant women to prevent neural tube defects in newborns. The concept that the diseases of metabolic syndrome might be due to inadequate micronutrient availability has been spurred on by animal studies and small-scale human studies. Nonetheless, the search for the magic supplement to reverse metabolic syndrome continues with fervor. Enter Bruce Ames at Children's Hospital Oakland Research Institute who has been working in the field of nutrition for 50 years. He has put forward the triage hypothesis to explain our current metabolic dilemma. The premise is simple. Cells want to survive. Virtually every biochemical reaction requires one micronutrient or another, whether it is a vitamin, mineral, or a biochemical compound. When the micronutrients are in short supply, they are triaged to these reactions to maintain cell viability. Their relative deficiency then deprives secondary reactions, which are less important to short-term survival but crucial for long-term cell integrity. DNA or protein damage that goes unrepaired can lead to either cancer formation or cell death. According to the triage hypothesis, acute micronutrient deficiency leads to one set of these disease, thanks scurvy, while the relatively relative micronutrient deficiency leads to another set of disease, think metabolic syndrome, for, as examples, by the way. As our collective health has declined over the past 30 years, The imperative to find the magic bullet that will forgive our previous indiscretions has only heightened. This has created the approximately $1 billion industry of of nutraceuticals. Currently, more than 50% of America takes at least one form of nutritional supplement, hedging their bets. A trip to the local health food store or pharmacy will overwhelm even the most seasoned Vitamin aficionado with options. Do any of these supplements exert any benefits? Maybe it doesn't matter since 71% of the users say their belief is so strong that they will continue to consume the the nutraceutical even if studies demonstrate a lack of efficacy. Antioxidants, the fattenerio? you. hmm. Almost every advertisement for breakfast cereal shows the bowl dressed with a handful of blueberries. Perhaps this is to draw your attention away from the fact that the antioxidants in the cereal have been processed out and the only way to rescue your meal is to supplement them back in in the form of fresh berries. No doubt more color means more antioxidants and fruits and vegetables are packed with them. Antioxidants allow the plant to buffer the damage from its own ROSs, when making its carbohydrates from photosynthesis. Thus, consuming them helps us to battle our own... Hmm. There's a new... There's growing literature that the oxidative stress or damage caused by ROS is the single most important factor contributing to the aging process Different tissues generate ROSs by different means. Therefore, the separate antioxidants are required to help quench them to prevent various types of chronic diseases. Antioxidants come in many shapes and sizes, and many of them have been considered as treatments for metabolic syndrome. The antioxidants, antioxidants, vitamins C and E, protect against lipid peroxide, as in potato chips when they go rancid, though neither has been shown to prove vascular function or insulin resistance. In fact, high-dose vitamin E has been linked with increased rates of mortality. Although there are occasional hits among the treatment of metabolic diseases with antioxidants, most are misses. And I think tomorrow we'll be jumping into vitamin D, the great imposter, and whether it, that might be the case. With that, this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out for February 13, 2023. At the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, you'll catch one of our leaders sharing some information on how to build a new skin business or what's going on with the company. With that, I'm going to take us off mute, and I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have. So there we have it, my friends. Micronutrients and antioxidants, they're important, so we need to start thinking about which ones we're consuming and how we're getting them. If there's no other thoughts, comments, or questions, I'm going to let us all go. and hope you have a great day. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow.